Hey everyone, my name is Brendan Patrick, and you're listening to Superlit. Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBT community. Um, hey, <laughs> so the book that uh, I read this week, uh, it's called Bettyville, and it is by George Hodgman, and it's a memoir, so it's a little bit different than what we usually read here in Superlit. I was actually given this book as a gift for Christmas. My friend Jordan, she... I, I believe I told her about the idea or she listened to one of the episodes and um, we had seen each other after Christmas and she wound up giving me this book and I was very excited about it um, because I haven't read, I don't really do memoirs. Like it's not like my thing. Um, I don't find them wildly interesting. I'm very, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to say this. Like I feel rude saying that I'm like, <laughs> I don't like memoirs, but um, yeah, memoirs are just like not my jam normally, and I didn't know this was one. So she gave me this and the welcome, one of the Welcome to Night Vale books, and I had it on my shelf for a while. And I looked at it, I want to say a week ago, and I was like, you know what, I should read this book. Like I, I want to talk, be able to talk to Jordan about it because she got me a gift, and I, I should read it. I'm really bad at going through my list of books. I just wind up keep buying more. Uh, it's the worst, but. Yes, Jordan, uh, thank you so much for the book. But uh, yeah, Jordan got me this book, and it is uh, a story about a man who leaves his life in New York City to go back to Paris, Texas, I believe, to... uh, Nope, not Texas, Missouri. (laughs) If I read the back of the book, maybe. Uh, He goes back to Missouri to take care of his uh, ailing mother. And it's... I think for me, this like this kind of story hits close to home because my dad uh, had been taking care of my grandmother for, what did I say, two, three years? It was two to four years. Like I'll give it that span. But he was with her for a long time taking care of her. And I, I honestly can't imagine how difficult that could have been. And I think that this kind of shed some light on it because... Uh, George is, he's not old or elderly himself, but, you know, he's not, you know, in his twenties taking care of his mother. He's an older man, uh, taking care of his mother. And I'm going to read the back of the book to you guys. When George Hodgman leaves Manhattan for his hometown of (laughs) Hamtown, his hometown of Paris, Missouri, he finds himself an unlikely caretaker and near-lethal cook <laughs> in a head-on collision with his aging mother, Betty, a woman of wit and will. Will George lure her into assisted living? <laughs> when <laughs> Wow, I'm bad at reading. Like, <laughs> um, Will George 
lure her into assisted living when hell freezes over. He can't bring himself to force her from the home they both treasure, the place where his father's voice still lingers, a scene of shared jokes, skirmishes, and, behind the dusty antiques, a rarely acknowledged conflict. Betty, who speaks her mind but cannot quite reveal her heart, has never really accepted the fact that her son is gay. As these two unforgettable characters try to bring their difficult worlds together, Hodgman reveals the challenges of Betty's life and his own struggles for self-respect, moving readers from their small town, crumbling but still colorful, to the star-studded corridors of Vanity Fair. The result is both an an indelible portrait of a family and an exquisitely told tale of the prodigal son's return. Okay, so that took me a while to read the back of because I was like, bleh, bleh, bleh. but um, yes, the book we were discussing is called Bettyville, and it's by George Hodgman. So I remember reading the back of this, and I was like, oh, great. And it even says on the back, a lovely memoir. You won't finish this tale dry-eyed. People. <laughs> People have said that. But uh, I didn't realize this was, was a memoir, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, this is like, this is really sad that I... I wonder if this is, like, real. And then I looked at it, I was like, well, it's a goddamn memoir, Brendan. Come on. But um, I think because of the time, like, this book takes place, uh, it's both present and past. So the book goes back and forth between the past and the present. But it does it in a way that doesn't bother me. Because usually I don't like when it goes back and forth, like in like, in the same chapter or paragraph where it's just, like, we're talking about something here, and it reminded me of something back here. Like, I don't normally do well with that. Um, and in this, I find that it is written well enough that I can keep up with the back and forth, because uh, your boy can't do that, honestly. And um, I like when something's linear. And this, I don't, because of the way that it's written, I don't mind that it's not completely linear, because it'll go back and forth. And I actually really liked the back parts, if you will. So out of the back and forth, I liked the past parts a lot because it opened up a lot of, I I think, what like made George who he is, the character, especially like him, the way that he's written himself, the character of George, maybe the author himself is a little bit different, but the way that he's written himself, I think that... Because he grew up and he was in New York, you know, at at my age during the AIDS crisis, um, it was very interesting to see, like, how uh, the book reveals a lot of that. Because I haven't read into a lot of uh, memoirs or, you know, recountings of people's um, journeys through that time. But this was very interesting because I didn't expect it to be part of the story. And then it was. And, um, a lot of those chapters I, I had to, there was like a one, there's one chapter fully where they like discuss it a lot. I had to put the book down and really like think about that because the AIDS crisis really wiped out a lot of voices that we don't, we never got to hear. So it almost wiped out an entire generation of, uh, LGBT people, um, especially gay men. And it was something that I didn't expect to come up in this book because, you know, when you're think when you think that you're reading a book about taking care of, like taking care of your mom, you don't 
expect that like one of the backstories is like while you're in New York, like your friends start passing away and like you can't be in the room when like your friend is crying because of the blood drawing. And it's just like it's not something that I expected from this book and it really added to why I I I had to put the book down because I was like, this is really heavy. But then I had to pick it up because like, well, I want to find out what happens to this person. And it's not even at that point, it wasn't even like we're reading about Betty right now. Like we're reading about his friends that are passing away or like people he knows or like how he had to avoid going out during this time because he was like, you know, still being gay wasn't widely accepted. And it, you know, it, especially back then it was very, a very secretive thing. And reading like a first person recalling or retelling of like a, a time where it was like much more, I want to say unacceptable to be gay. Um, it was interesting to see the author like feeling like I knew that like he he says there's something wrong with me. I'm off. I'm not right. I need like it the way that he tells it. And I think as an adult, like an actual adult, not, you know, a 20 something uh, living in New York, he probably feels differently. But uh, at the time, because he, he couldn't talk to his parents about it, it just added to it just like added that fuel to that fire of like there's something wrong with me. I can't talk about this because I can't ever talk to my parents about this. And it's not that his parents don't know because at one point in the book, his father walks in on he and his boyfriend, Steven making out on the couch when they uh, came for a visit when Steven insisted on coming down. And uh, he was it was very interesting to read because with my family, like I've had my, uh, I've had boyfriends over and it's not been like an issue or difficult. Um, not that I've ever like PDA in front of my parents. Like I don't really do PDA like that, but like I can imagine that like if my dad walked in on me, like kissing my boyfriend on the couch, he wouldn't be like, Oh my God. He'd be like, Oh, okay. Hey guys. What's up? Like, it wouldn't be an issue. Whereas in this book, it's, like, very different. And it was a very interesting look into, like, hey, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, like, people could put up with me, but it wasn't everyone. Like, there's a part where they're doing the um, the gay rights march, uh, and the school gets the college that he's at, like the, um, like a gay men's club or something like that, that, uh, gets, and it's like a school club that gets the right finally to have, um, their meetings on campus. And they have like a, there's also like something that's like, we're having a march into the school and there's anywhere from like handicapped people, women, uh, who are straight that are just like there for the rights. There's the gay men too. There's the other people as well that are included in the group and they're getting like beer cans thrown at them. And the one character, he's handicapped in a wheelchair and he, he gets eggs thrown at him and there's like eggs dripping down his beret. And it's like, you just hit a handicapped person with eggs. Like what's wrong with you? So that was, that was the time that uh, this was taking place. And 
another thing that I was uh, really interested in this book because of that, um, the like I said, the writing style was very easy to read, even if it was something like that was very heavy, like the AIDS crisis or like Betty finding out that there's something wrong or him trying to figure out like what's going on in Betty's head. It was written in a way that I wanted to keep reading. Like I wanted to see if he ever came to terms with his mother or if he was able to have that conversation with his mother about, you know, Hey, I like men and this is like a thing. And I'm wondering the whole book. I'm like, if he, if he comes to terms with his mother, maybe he come, he can come to terms with himself in terms of like my mother knows and maybe she isn't wildly okay with it, but I've been able to have this open conversation with her and I'm able then to finally accept myself. And it was very um, alluring to read that. Like I wanted to find out more. I wanted to see what was going on with, with George and Betty. And there's a, point in the book where like he feels like he's like let his parents down because he isn't able to give them like a a child to continue the line and he's an only he's an only child so he's the last Hodgman and he was named after his father he was named after his father and he like felt a certain kind of way about that and I like I relate to that feeling because I've thought that before I remember in high school I was like if none of my siblings have kids and I'm gay, like I feel at fault, even though I'm the youngest of five, there's four boys altogether and one girl. I always felt like, Oh, if I don't have kids, like, am I letting my parents down? But I have two nephews now. So I feel as though the weight is lifted, but I remember feeling that like, Oh, are my parents disappointed in me because I'm not giving them grandchildren. And this is something that like an actual adult is feeling. So it's probably a much more intense feeling, especially when you're an only child and you don't want your family to like, you don't want to feel like you're letting your parents down. And, um, that's like one of the points too, is the story itself. I like worked my way up in my notes. I had them written the, the opposite way of the way I'm talking about them. But, uh, the story itself the characters in it as well. I always found that with my thinking about my dad taking care of my grandmother, I always thought it was like wildly difficult because it, it it is hard taking care of another person, especially if they have medical needs or like anything like that. And you're not like a trained medical professional or like this person is still, you know, a person they're cognitive, but they, don't understand that they need this assistance. Like it's something that I think most people go through. They know at some point they're going to need assistance when it gets to that point that they need assistance, they're not willing to admit it. And Betty, the mother in the story has always been very independent, able to like say what's on her mind, able to talk in a way that she felt comfortable and say like, Hey, no, this isn't, this isn't what's going on. You're going to listen to me. And the author at one point is like thinking of moving back home. And she's like, no, absolutely. Absolutely not. Like you, this isn't a thing that's going to happen. And then 
when he's with her, all she can think about is, oh, you're just going to leave me. You're going to put me in a home. You're going to leave me there. And a lot of the book is George trying to find out, like, at what point did this woman who was so fierce and, like, strong, like, became this person that was like, please don't leave me. Please, like, please don't just, like, put me in a home and never see me again. And it's it's interesting that that is, like, there's a switch at some point, and in the book, you're trying to find out, like, oh, maybe something, like, what is happening that, like, this strong person is just, like, all of a sudden wildly different than they were like what was the point that switched it and i was i thought that at the beginning of the book that he wouldn't have had such a strong relationship with his father because of the way that he is with his mom like sometimes it's like you don't have it with both parents if you will and it seems as though he had a very very strong relationship with his father and his father was always very kind to him, I think. And when seeing things with Betty, not that their relationship was bad, but I think she was more aware of her child and she just never addressed it because the way that they were raised, they didn't address it. It was bad. So like, if you were, if you were gay, like it wasn't acceptable. And like the way that Betty and George were raised were that, you know, if someone's gay, it's not acceptable. You don't acknowledge it. It's not something that, you do. It's very like waspy, if you will. But his father, like, uh, like obviously saw it happening, and it it wasn't something that completely destroyed the relationship. But George spends a lot of the book, like, saying, like, I don't know if because of that, like, it ruined or it changed the way my father looked at me or felt about me. And it's interesting seeing this person who's gone to New York, who's like made a new person of themselves, uh, the way that when they're back home, they start looking through things and rethinking things. Like for me, I lived in Philly for a really long period of time after college and moving back home afterwards, I started like re-examining things and being like, Oh, well that like, remembering uh, certain things that like happened when I was a kid and thinking about it. So I can imagine having such a huge life and having such, you know, an amount of characters like Betty is definitely a character. She's really well written. She's very interesting. You really want to know what's going on in her head. And George is like a spitfire. He is, very like very witty, but there's like he's not comfortable with himself. And people ask him like, "Why do you do that that thing where like instead of answering a question directly, you make a joke? Like, what is the self defense mechanism that you have going on? Like, we don't understand it." And they actually do talk about Vanity Fair in the book. So I was curious as to like how that gets worked in, but there is a part of the book where George is talking about like working at Vanity Fair and how like he needed his, like his boss to like praise him. And if he wasn't being praised, he felt like shit. And if he wasn't being praised, like how did he know he was doing a good job? And I'm like, Oh my God, I know what that feels like. And it's the worst feeling ever because you can't shake yourself of it sometimes. And 
I hate admitting that, like, sometimes I need that, like, someone to be like, oh, my God, you're doing a great job, because it it just, like, reassures me. But it's like George seems as though he is, like, unable to do work unless he's, like, in the good graces of this person. And it sounds like working there was, like, really, really rough, and it kind of drove him to do... He was already doing drugs, but to do drugs. And uh, there's an... Another part of the book, speaking of drugs, there's a lot of drug references in this. So he is a young gay man in like the 70s, 80s, uh, 90s as well. And Fire Island, they bring up Fire Island. And I wasn't expecting that either. But like the references were just like, oh, we're at Fire Island now? Like everyone's doing coke at Fire Island? All right. Like things I wasn't expecting to read in a book about like someone going to take care of their mother. It's just so wildly surprising. And I like, I think it's something that like, I, I would actually be interested to read if George Hodgman has anything else. I'm actually going to look it up. He doesn't have any other books out, but, um, I really hope he does come out with something else. Soon. But, uh, the way that George Hodgman writes a, about Betty. I I can't say this enough. Like she's just so wildly interesting and I don't want to say that like her character reminds me of my mom in a way, but she kind of does only because of the the way that he describes her as like the strong woman who like speaks her mind and uh is like is very forward in being like, "Well, this is like this is what's right and this is what's wrong." And God forbid, I, if she listens to this, I mean, this is the best way. But the way that she like wrote like their relationship and the way that she he wrote about her, it definitely reminds me of my mom in terms of like the personality. Um, I think my mom is a little less rigid, but like Betty is very rigid in terms of the way that she was raised. But uh, she also. I think is very inquisitive and in the book, Betty is trying to regain like some of her memories. She's trying to stay aware and she's consistently asking questions. She's not afraid to ask George things. And there's a part in the book where George thinks like, Oh, maybe this is the time to be like, Hey, can we talk about my sexuality or like my life? like who I truly am because he he's afraid that he's he's not letting his parent his mom at this point know who he truly is and he's he's upset that his dad died without him tr- knowing who he truly was as well and it's not like when he lived in New York they never came to visit him they used to come you know every around Christmas every year to watch the rockets and there's a point in the book where Betty is like, is there anything I can help you with? And she says it more than once. And he's like, maybe this is when I should talk to her about like who I really am. Like maybe I didn't really miss the moment. And it's just like, it's sad to think that I think because the way that I am with my family and like my mom and my dad, I'm very open about everything because I, that's just, I think who I am as a person. If I like adore you and love you, 
I could tell you everything about myself. Do I keep like certain things? And yeah, of course everyone does. But I think for me, because like I am so willing to talk about my feelings and be like, Hey, this is like how I'm feeling uh, with them. Like, that's just how I am. So seeing this, it's like, it stinks that like such an, like, this is admirable in my, in my opinion, because he admits like the drug use and like, how he needed to get help and like the way that he was feeling and the way that he feels about sex, like the way that it scared him and it made him nervous. Like that's all relatable. Like, especially like your first experience in terms of like going to hang out with other gay people, like people being seen with you. It's like, you know, when you don't really know specifically how to admit to yourself, like, Hey, I'm gay or the world itself, or just like anyone it's hard when you're going into a room full of gay people or lesbians or queer people in general and being like, Oh my God, this is a thing. And God forbid, like after that, like you get lucky enough to have someone that wants to have like, you know, any kind of like a sexual relation with you. Poor, (laughs) poor George is like having a panic attack the whole time. And I was like, when they're getting up to it, I was like, oh, this, like, maybe this will be, like, a good experience. It was a horrible experience. And it's just, like, oh, my God, <laughs> terrible. Like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God, no. So uh, that's terrible. And, of course, it was when he was feeling, like, wildly out of control of himself. He he refers to that as feeling like the cat that has gotten scared in a cartoon that gets like stuck to the ceiling, like looking down at themselves. Like you're, you're out of body. Like when you're trying to impress someone and when you're trying to like win someone over, you leave. And that like shell of who you are is like sitting there and they're the one that's like trying to do the impressing. And it's, it's rough. Like reading that I'm like, Oh my God, like I've definitely felt like that. And I think because of that, I'm like, wow, this is like wildly relatable. Um, I, I hope that my parents live to be a million years old and that like, this isn't something that they have to go through, but like, this is, this is a really heavy book. It's heavy, but it's, it's very like funny at the same time. Like George Hodgman, he, He's consistently asked through the book, like, why do you do that thing where you make a joke when, like, like, why do you keep doing that to yourself? Like, you know you're not a joke, right? And I think that this book is almost like a culmination of that or like a representation of, like, something bad was happening, but there's still lightness in it. And even if it is a bad defense mechanism, and I know that sometimes I have that, but with this book, it's like he tried to look at everything that was going on in his life. And like, especially with Betty, like he tried to find lightness in it. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. It's not a super sad, unreadable book. It's a book that was sad. Like I, (laughs) I sent Jordan a picture of me crying after I finished reading it because it was just so, it was such a good ending and it was so beautiful and it's, it is sad, but it's not something that like, 
I was so wildly depressed after reading it. Like I felt bad. Like I, I honestly had more questions for my dad than I did, uh, only because you know he had been taking care of his mother, and I wanted to know like if there were any, um, like things that lined up. Like oh, did this happen for you as well? And uh, like this, this is just such an interesting book, and I'm I'm really happy that Jordan got it for me because I wouldn't have picked this up myself. Like I wouldn't uh, have been like, oh, this is something I should read, especially because it's a memoir. Like I I like I said before, I just don't do memoirs. I am the worst at reading them. Um, I just like fantasy, and that's like my my nook in terms of reading, like all of my books are fantasy. Everything is, (laughs) everything is a rom-com, but I would definitely suggest going out and getting this because I think that it's such a interesting book and it has such a good point of view in terms of like, here's a story, but here's also what was going on throughout my life. It wasn't just about Betty. It was about George as well. And I think that's what made it interesting. It was, here's the background for Betty. Here's the background for Betty's relatives. Here's the background for my father. Here is the background on me. And, you know, reading more about the AIDS crisis and how, you know, people were going left and right, like, that's important for, I think, for anyone to read, but especially, you know, queer people to read because so many lights were snuffed out by... AIDS and HIV in, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s. And it, it's so important to read about it because it makes it, it makes it real. And just hearing about it, like, I think for some people it doesn't register for them, but reading like, oh, my friend died from this, like it makes it important. And I think that this being in this book and it's, it's something that isn't a main storyline, but it's brought up and it's, it is like a very special, like special makes it sound like, Oh, this is special. But like, it is a very special part of this book because it, it is important and it is something that people should read about. And it's something I didn't know it was going to happen in this book because I, I didn't realize the, the time frame. but I think that if you are looking for an interesting memoir, I would go out and I would pick up Bettyville by George Hodgman because this was such a good read. And I'm so glad that Jordan got this for me because I'm the worst at picking up books for myself. I have a comfort zone. Um, I really like certain kinds of books and I love getting suggestions. I love hearing what people are reading that like, Oh, if you like this, you should read this. Like I was just suggested a book today about, um, a woman who was butch before, like that was a phrase, like a woman who, you know, is trying to figure out how to be herself and how to like how she becomes comfortable with being a more quote unquote masculine woman. And I really can't wait to read that. I think that's something that you you I think everyone here would be interested in hearing about too. But um yeah, I'm so happy I finished this book. Like it's it was so good. Um and it, and it I don't want to spoil it, but like the ending is so good uh, because it's it's not what you're expecting. Um, the whole book, I'm like, oh no, like this is gonna be a bad ending, like a sad ending, because it's a book about a woman who's like is like 
in the process of passing is is an older woman. And it I was like, this is gonna be the most devastating book I've ever read. And uh it it was a good ending. I really think that everyone would be interested in reading this. And I truly hope that you go out and find it. I think it's a great thing to read. It's it's a very thoughtful exploration of a very important person's life. And I uh, I really hope that George Hatchman puts out, puts out something else, but um, it says that he lives in New York City and Paris, Missouri. So I think it's cute that on his uh, artist profile, like uh, the author's profile, if you will, on his website, it mentions that he still lives in Missouri um, because a lot of the book is him thinking like, oh, when my mom goes, I'm going to have to sell this house. And... It's cute that he says that. Um, so maybe he didn't sell the house. That's cool. Um, but yes, uh, thank you so much for... No, I don't like that ending. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I can't do the ending. My name is Brennan Patrick, and thank you so much for listening to Super Lit. <laughs>